Hello, you guys, and welcome back to the Lively Pod. I hope you all are having a wonderful week. A lot of you are probably heading into a week full of family, friends, quality time with people we love because it is the week before Thanksgiving. The end of the year is flying by. I feel like it is almost Christmas. That's probably because I decorated for Christmas super early this year. It's well a nice first Christmas living in the same space, and I was just beyond excited to get it all cozy and comfy. And so we got our first Christmas tree together and decorated it and are just fully in the holiday spirit. So I hope each and every one of you are going into this week super grateful with a positive mindset. I know the holidays can be super stressful for a lot of people. And so just knowing that it's what you make of it and to enjoy as much time with the people you love as you can. I know I'm going to. (laughs) Anyway, on Instagram this week, I asked you guys to post your questions for a Q&A episode. I don't think I've ever done a Q&A episode before, so this was my first one. I've done some Q&As on Instagram before, but this is the first time I'm turning it into a full podcast episode. And so a lot of your all's questions focused around motivation, finding your passion, your purpose in life, relationships, and a lot of questions about my favorite things. I feel like that's a very common question, especially around the holidays. Everyone's trying to put things on their gift guides, what they want for the holidays, Christmas lists, all the things. And so at the end, I'll kind of go over a quick summary of all of my favorite things and the questions that you guys specifically asked me. So we are going to start off the Q&A with some health-focused questions, and then we'll get into relationships because I got a lot of questions about that. Some of you guys are in new relationships, which is super exciting, and so how to handle those over the holidays, how to, um, just my best advice for new relationships as well as newly engaged, things of all of that nature, and yeah. We'll go ahead and dive in with the first question, which is how did you get into being so healthy and form your healthy habits? And so I realized that on the podcast, I've never really introduced myself or like gone over my story much. And so basically how I got into health and wellness was my mom was always super health conscious and constantly learning about nutrition and teaching me things. And so it sparked my interest in nutrition from a super young age. And also we tried to use food to boost my very poor immune system when I was younger and it worked extremely well. And so seeing the impact that food had on my personal life and just seeing how much energy I had when I ate better, how I didn't feel crappy, and how I really turned my immune system around, it really inspired me to look into health and wellness and just take care of my body in a way that a lot of my friends weren't necessarily focused on at a super young age. And so I just kind of kept going with that hobby, that passion of mine, and really dived more into it in college got my first nutrition job with Amanda Nybert and yeah I also started a food Instagram in high school 
and started going to group fitness classes and really enjoying the fitness community online through social media. So I think that played a huge role in my healthy habits and forming healthy habits. I know there's a lot of stigma around social media and how negative it can be, what a negative space it is, especially for people who may have poor body image. I know I've struggled with it in the past and I do think that there is a conversation to be had around that, but I also think that social media is a very inspiring place and can help put you in touch with like-minded individuals that you might not have in your hometown or around you. I'm someone who's super influenced by the people I surround myself with, so I've always used this fact to my advantage to bring out things that I like about myself in a positive way. And so trying to follow people who motivate me to focus on myself, to become the best version of me by increasing my fitness, focusing on whole food nutrition, and also getting involved in my local community offline. So like joining a yoga space for like-minded individuals, going hiking um, with other dog people, and then just finding those friends who can really support different areas of your life. I don't think you need a friend who has all the same interests as you or anything by that means, but knowing why you're friends with someone, what qualities do you do they have that you admire that you want to boost in yourself as well? Are they just so kind-hearted that you really enjoy being around them because it makes you a kinder person? Are they super fitness-minded and can help get you off the couch, drag you to those group classes super early in the morning, um, or just share recipes with you? Maybe there's somebody who you really enjoy just talking on the phone with and getting that social connection, but kind of looking at people in your life that you want to embody some of their best characteristics and allowing them to bring that out in you and then you also sharing what you love with them. I think it's a great two-sided relationship to have. And then also using inspiration from other sources. So we talked about social media, but also with Pinterest because a group mentality and having a community really helps at least me, implement healthy habits into my routine to see other people's tips and tricks and how they're incorporating all the habits and lifestyle choices that I want to embody into their lives. And I can really take those and use it in my own. And that's honestly what I'm striving to do here in this podcast on Let Us Be Lively, my website, on social media is really just share my own experiences to hopefully inspire some other people or at least just make their life even 1% better by finding an easier tip for home cooking, finding an easier tip for their relationships or a way to heighten their fitness and feel better in their body and more confident in themselves. So just really working to find that community of like-minded people I think is what is so important if you're looking to form healthier habits 
a lot of it will come down to who you surround yourself with and what information you surround yourself with. So knowing, taking a look at what you're reading, what you're watching, what you are just consuming in all aspects of life, nutrition on the plate and off, and using that to your advantage, being able to curate your social media feed, being able to determine who you spend time with, and really being in control of what you read, what you write, and consume in all aspects of life. I think that's the best way to start getting into health, the best way to form healthy habits, and the easiest way to keep going when you're constantly surrounding yourself with positive influences. On a similar note, another question I got was, what keeps you motivated? And I love the topic of motivation. I love motivation in general. It's such a good feeling. (laughs) And I rely heavily on it to reach my goals. However, what I'm leaning into right now is working to find consistency in routines. It's something that I think is important for lifelong goals, lifelong habits. And consistency is something that I struggle with a lot. And so establishing routines in all areas of my life that are little has really helped instead of being like, I have to do this every single day because that's not realistic. You're not going to have your perfect ideal day every day. Life's going to get in the way. You're going to have to go out to dinner. You're going to have to go um, out of town, something of that nature. And so instead, I've kind of created a bunch of little routines that even if I'm out of town, I can still do one or two or even three of my little mini routines and and feel on track, feel stable in my habits that I'm working on. And so examples of these mini routines are like a skincare routine, a gym routine, a meal prepping routine, and also a motivation routine. And so something that I think keeps me so motivated is that when I lack motivation, when I'm just kind of feeling blah, I'm on the couch, I just can't seem to get up or do anything, it often leaves me in this like half relaxed, half stressed mood of when I'm just feeling blah because I sit on the couch watching TV but also trying to do work on my computer and that's not accomplishing anything because I'm half-assing the work that I'm doing on my computer but then I'm also half-assing relaxing because I'm not fully turning off and so when I get in this state or when I get into these low motivation moods I try to stop myself and implement this routine that I've kind of set up, which for me, your routine may be completely different and I'll give you some options at the end, but this routine for me looks like going and showering. I can take a bath if I want to, if I have a little bit of extra time, just take a little moment for myself, but shower, wash my hair, blow dry my hair, that's a big one. And then do my makeup, put on an outfit that is not sweatpants, and I do all of this while listening to a podcast, meditation, or YouTube video, and it gives me a good 30 minute to an hour break that helps me feel a lot more confident and get out of this stuck mindset. 
And so putting myself together physically often gives me the confidence and renewed energy to want to work, whether that be on my side hustle, my coursework, my job, or even allow me to get up and out of the house to go to a coffee shop to be re-inspired out in my community. And so if you're feeling really low on motivation, I would try to find a motivation routine that makes you feel good, that makes you feel confident. And so it could include journaling, it could include meditating, maybe you go outside for a five minute walk, just getting some fresh air, because sometimes it's easy to just sink into the couch and stay there for hours and hours and hours. And all it would take for you to get back on track, to feel that motivation again, is to just step outside. Once you're outside, you can then determine what you're going to do. Maybe you do need a break. Maybe you do need to just sit around and watch TV and that's okay. But you got outside, you got some fresh air and you can come back and make your decision after that. It could even be a five minute workout. Maybe you do five minute core, five minutes of jumping jacks, something to get your blood flowing, and then you make your decision on what you want to do next. Once you've kind of gotten up, you've gotten out of that stuck mindset, you are telling yourself, no, I know what kind of spiral I'm going into, I'm choosing to do this instead. And then it can just help clear your mind and get you re-motivated. So I highly recommend finding a motivation routine if that's something you're struggling with alongside building small routines that you can incorporate throughout your day that make you feel meaningful and purposeful as you move through your day. This gets into another question that I got in the question box, which was finding your path in life. How do you find your purpose? How do you find your path in life? And this is a really big question. Um, and so I think I'll probably do a whole episode on this in the future sometime next year, but if you are struggling to find your path in life, my first initial thought is to just start with a journaling practice, even if it's just for a week to gain some clarity. For me, my mind is always racing, so it often jumbles thoughts and I can think of like five different career goals when in reality, When I write it out, there's one clear underlying goal or path that allows me to achieve everything that I want or incorporate all of those different things into one. And so writing it down allows you to think and get clear because you can only write down one thing at a time. Whereas in your mind, you can think of many different things in the span of probably five seconds that make it seem overwhelming, make your purpose in life seem unclear and unsure when if you write it down and write the things that you're good at, writing the things that people come to you for advice for, things that you can help and offer others can be a great way to kind of get clear on your path. There's tons of meditations and journaling practices for finding your path in life specifically, and I do those quite often. I love the superhuman app with Mimi Brochured. She goes through journaling meditations all the time. It's the best app that I've ever found. And I feel very inspired after every single one. And this is what I've used in my journaling practice to really get going there. And so 
kind of going with that point, I also don't think there's a path that is a straight line or that there's one path for everyone. I think you can be on a path currently working towards a future goal, but then in a few months or a few years, if you take a side trail or turn down a new path, I firmly believe that that was still meant to be a part of your story, that that is your path, even if it's different from what you thought it was going to be a few months ago. If it helps, I think I'm currently on a side path in my career, figuring out what I want to do post-grad, developing new skills, trying to find what interests me and what my passion is, because I think it's something that we don't necessarily cultivate in college or in high school really we have a path that we're going on and like will obviously chose medical school i chose nutrition in college but there's so many different paths that you can take from those building blocks and even from just those subject categories that it's been difficult to kind of find what path i want to take with that and so I think I'm on a side path right now. I'm figuring it out as I go. It all just takes time. And I think my purpose right now is to share my story, my tips for living a holistic life as I work through what exactly that looks like. What is a holistic life? How can I add to my life? And just share that because hopefully it just helps even just one person out there realize that they're not the only ones struggling, they're not the only ones trying to figure out their life path, their life purpose, and that them trying to figure it out is currently their purpose. That is what they're working on right now. I think that your life path will ebb and flow and you should take the turns that just feel right in the moment and see where that leads you. The next question, I got tons and tons of questions from you guys all about relationships, which I absolutely love. I love talking about relationships and Will is going to come back on the podcast again in February when we're talking all about love, self-care, as well as relationships and relationship advice, because I think it's just so fun to talk about. And with Will being my high school sweetheart. We've had a lot of time to talk about our relationship and what we think strengthens it. If you haven't listened to the relationship podcast episode that I did with him last year or this year, sorry, um, I highly recommend you go listen to it. It's one of my best listened to podcasts. So many of you guys loved that one. But we talk all about the four C's, and this is my best advice for anyone in a new relationship or old relationship, Um, as well as I got a question about advice for newly engaged. It's focusing on the four C's through and through. The four C's that Will and I created together are communication, commitment, compassion, and compromise. In each of these, I think it's a really strong foundation to start a new relationship or for those of you who just got engaged it's so important to focus on communication how do you both communicate with one another because everyone has a different communication um, type 
everyone communicates differently and likes to be communicated to differently. And so really establishing that early on will help really opening the doors for just constant communication, having those long sit down chats or just in bed before you're falling asleep, talking about how different tones of voice affect you. Um, talking about things that are going so well in your relationship that you love when the other person does that or this, or things that may not be going so well or you're confused about in the relationship. Having that open stream of communication from the get-go is what I think led to Will and I's relationship kind of blossoming as it did and how we have really been able to grow through high school, through college, through getting engaged, through med school, that we went through so many changes as a couple and we are completely different people than we were at 14. But because we have this communication foundation, we have really been able to stay by each other's side and be the other person's other half in a sense because we use communication as a two-way stream. When it comes to the next C of commitment, you are committing yourself to them. I think that you have to choose love every day. I choose to show up for Will. I am committed to him. I choose to be in this relationship. It's not something that I feel stuck in. It's not something that I take for granted and just assume that he will always be by my side. It's something that I know he chooses every day. He chooses to love me and I choose it right back. We are committed to each other. Compassion is the other one. Really figuring out how to love the other person in a way that feels right to them as well as helping them love you in the way that feels best. Voicing your opinion on how you want to be loved. Do you love acts of service? Does it mean the world to you when he compliments you or when he... I don't know, gives you a foot rub or brings you flowers and just making sure that they know what brings you happiness, what brings you joy. Just taking the time here to figure out how the other person loves and what you can do to build that compassion, build that fire in your relationship and choosing to do something for it every single day, even if it's just a text, a voice memo, leaving a little gift on their desk. That's something I've started doing with Will is just like writing him a note every day on his desk. And it's just, it's so meaningful and really shows the other person you care. So even the little things often can add up to bigger compassion than the big, extraordinary gestures of love. And then fourthly, compromise. Knowing that you are two different people, you have two different thought processes, Will is super logistically minded and just very straightforward, whereas I am creative and I'm very emotional. And so knowing how to take both of those and compromise in different areas, especially with medical school, this kind of leads me into the next question. That I'm going to answer, which is how to date someone who is always busy. <laughs> they responded with, I know Will is in med school. How are you balancing it? And so my point here is that you need to invest in yourself and always have something to bring to the table in a relationship. 
for me, this looks like working on my side hustles, working in my career and always learning so that when he does have time off, we constantly have something to talk about, something new, something that I feel passionate about passionate about and inspired that we can then have long conversations about over dinner when they're so busy or like if they're in medical school or maybe it's long distance and you just don't get to talk to them a whole lot really investing in yourself and in your just in your interests will make you so much more of an interesting person to be around rather than kind of relying on them for interesting things or going on trips with them Instead, focus on doing things with yourself, with your friends and other people so that you can have these opportunities to really be present and share information with them when you're together. I also would highly recommend finding a time of day that you two can do something routine together and then don't take it for granted. The thing that Will and I do together every single day is we always have dinner together. No matter how busy he is, he still has to eat dinner. And so that's kind of become our thing where sometimes we're watching a movie while we eat dinner. Sometimes we both just need to check out. It's been a long day. Other times we cook dinner together and then eat with candles at the table but we never take it for granted because we know we could both choose to eat separately or he could be at the library when I'm hungry and ready for dinner, but instead we always wait for each other, we eat together, and it's our time together. Even if I don't see him in the morning because he wakes up super early and goes to the library and is at school all day long, and then he comes back exhausted at six o'clock, I know I get an hour of quality time with him for dinner. And so whatever it is, maybe it's a phone call if you're long distance or maybe it's doing breakfast together or maybe you go to the gym together each day, but just finding a moment of time, a pocket of time to devote to each other has really helped Will and I and also not taking the mundane, something that could be so mundane and like just thrown to the side is even just like eating dinner together, it's like, oh yeah, well, he has to do that. That's not special. Like he's not giving me attention um, or he's just so busy. The only time I get to see him is dinner. Like that is enough time to have a really healthy relationship and to really cultivate that intimacy and showing up for each other. Um, It is what you make of it, in my opinion. And so not taking it for granted is super important. I would also recommend trying to get in a date once a week, whether that be a long hike. Will and I have been going on weekly hikes with Tucker, and so we've made that a kind of a special event, but then we also do date night where we'll go out to eat or get takeout, trying a lot of new restaurants because we're in Charlottesville and just moved here six months ago almost. That's crazy. That's (laughs) gone so fast. But we're still trying out all these new restaurants. And so trying to incorporate one special activity a week that you all can look forward to is another way to date someone who is always busy. Just kind of finding that one time that you can look forward to planning in advance so you can kind of talk about it, get excited about it, and yeah, enjoy it. 
Okay, that was a lot about relationships. <laughs> if you are still listening, um, thank you so much, but we are going to go into my favorites. I got asked so many questions about what is my favorite hair product, makeup, meal, place to travel, travel accessory, all these different things. And so if you are looking for items to put on your Christmas list, definitely stay tuned. I will try to link all of these things down in the show notes so that you can have easy access to the links as well. So the first one that I want to get into is my favorite hair product or hair hack. And so I have been loving heatless overnight curls. I use one of the super cheap ones from Amazon. And it's just, it looks like a really long, skinny pillow almost, I guess. And you put it on your head, you put a clip in it, and you just wrap your hair around it. I dampen my hair before, but you do want it mostly dry. And so typically my hair is already dry and I just run a wet brush through it and that's enough water to help the curls stay a little bit better. And you just sleep in it. It's super easy to sleep with. I don't find it that uncomfortable because it is a pillowy material and just like having and getting to wake up with heatless curls fantastic highly recommend getting one of those especially if your hair is kind of wavy or already curly I think it could be a great way to just wake up with effortless hair that looks like it took you a lot longer than it did My second hair product that I love for all of my blonde girls out there is purple shampoo. I could not live without purple shampoo, I don't think, because I hate when blonde hair turns yellow, that like golden, yellowy, orangey, just like that is not, not my cup of tea. And so for me specifically, I think it looks great on other people, but I do not like it when my hair gets that like yellowy tint. And so purple shampoo really takes that out of it and turns it into like that light ashy blonde. And I absolutely love removing the warm warm tones with purple shampoo. And I use this one purple mask and I think it helps so much. I leave it in for like five to ten minutes while I'm taking a bath and sometimes it even turns a few of the strands just a teeny bit purple, um, like a teeny, teeny, teeny bit, but it, that like goes away in a few hours and it just really cuts that warmth out of your hair. So if you are a blonde girly like me, highly recommend getting purple shampoo. My favorite skincare product is probably Beauty Counter Cleansing Balm. I have loved Beauty Counter for years. It was the only thing when I was a teenager that would help clear my acne up. And I have super duper sensitive skin, like any Neutrogena product. I don't know what they put in them, but it physically like burns my skin. For any sensitive skin girlies, as well as people who are just looking to remove toxic chemicals from your beauty products, Beauty Counter is a great brand because they have a never list where they have a ton of ingredients. I think it's like over 1,500 ingredients that they ban that the United States does not ban. It's horrible. The United States hardly bans any ingredients and it's really, really bad for you. And so I just feel confident with brands who have a never list or cut out ingredients that they won't use and also have studies backing them. 
Again, I've been using it for years, but their cleansing balm is hands down the best. I use it to remove all of my makeup as well as it's just very hydrating, especially as we move into the winter and our skin's dry. I even sometimes use the cleansing balm as my moisturizer at night to really hydrate my skin if I feel it being dull. And then I have another one. I have two for this one because I love skincare products, but the Summer Fridays Lip Balm, by far my favorite lip balm. I use it all the time. I probably have like seven or eight tubes. They're in purses. They're in my car. They're by my bedside table. They're in the bathroom, but it is so hydrating and gives your lips a nice shine to them without being sticky. Kind of like Aquaphor, but in my opinion, a little bit better. And then my favorite makeup product would be the Charlotte Tilbury Flawless Filter. This thing, it was all over TikTok. I saw it on TikTok first and oh my gosh, like it just is a wonder product. I don't understand how it works so well, but basically what I do is I put on my sunscreen. I either use Super Goop Glow Sunscreen or Arbonne's Foundation Sunscreen and then I put on this Charlotte Tilbury filter and it helps just cut the red from my skin while also giving me a super glowy look. I am very into glowy makeup and just making your skin look young and youthful and glowy, dewy if you will. And so this flawless filter is amazing. So highly recommend that. My favorite self-care activity would be a bath, hands down, and I love adding Epsom salts to them. Epsom salts are so good for just helping you relax and just release any muscle tension that you may have built up from the week or something. And so I definitely prioritize baths, essential oils in my bathtub. And so really any bath product I probably have and try. (laughs) And so if you need any recommendations, definitely check out my Amazon page for all of like my bath finds. Let's see. Oh, my favorite travel accessory. I thought this one was good because a lot of people travel over the holidays. And so I could not live without packing cubes. I am a very organized person in general, but packing cubes are by far the best investment you can make if you travel at all. Like even if you're just in college and traveling back and forth to home, get packing cubes. They will save you. They will make it just so much more easy to travel. I have ones for my underwear, my socks, my bras, my shirts, my nice outfits versus my like casual outfits. And it just keeps them all in little pods. And you can just pull out the pod you need, grab what you need, and then shove the entire pod back in without messing everything up. It just keeps everything folded. It keeps everything neat while also not having to to like carefully and meticulously put things back into your luggage or just having it all come out as a jumble, which used to happen to me and it would drive me nuts. So packing cubes, those will definitely be linked below. Anyway, that was a lot of fun, guys. I love doing a Q&A episode. I hope I answered a lot of your all's questions. I know I didn't get to all of the questions, so if you had one that you submitted and want me to answer... I will definitely go over that on my Instagram story or DM me and I'll just answer it for you. 
but I absolutely had a blast recording this one and I hope you got some value, even maybe some ideas for your Christmas list this year. And yeah, this is where we're going to wrap up the episode today. But if you celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Use the holiday to be very grateful in the present moment, spending time with loved ones and making it whatever you want it to be. It is what you make it. Take in a positive mindset and you'll get out a positive experience and just enjoy all of the family time that you can soak up. I know that's what I plan to do. So Will and I are going to head out later today. And yeah, have a great week, guys. I will talk to you next week. Bye.